Okay, from the Mecca of Mormonism, Salt Lake City, Utah, this is Heart of the Matter Long, and I'm going to introduce to you a new and improved Christian diet, something that everybody should uh, look to to lose the weight of the world, and we're going to begin with a word of prayer. I'm Sean McCraney, your host. Father, thank you for life, for loving us, giving us your son helping us to deal with uh, things in this flesh that we can overcome. And and uh, we just pray your spirit will be with us as we move forward to present this information. Be with Kathy Maggs as she prepares it uh, technically and gets it out to our viewing audience and in the archives. And we just pray your spirit to be with those who are seeking you in spirit and truth. In Jesus' name, amen. The Garden of Eden, a forbidden tree. Remember what that forbidden tree was called? It was called the tree of knowledge of good and evil. God told Adam and Eve not to eat of it, not to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Bad for the Christian diet. Funny, isn't it? You'd think that God would want his creations to feast on a tree of knowledge of good and evil, but he said, no, don't eat of that one. I don't want you to eat of that one. Don't eat of it. In the day that you do, you will surely die, right? When you eat of the fruit of the tree from knowledge of good and evil. God said again, I don't want you to eat of the fruit of a tree of knowledge of good and evil. Interestingly, Christianity, in my estimation, has become a faith that claims to be full of knowledge of good and evil. All of its forms claim to have correct knowledge, to have correct doctrine, to have correct practice, to have the authority to be able to teach what is good and what is evil. They all stand on what they determine to be good and evil. And they, they base that on its, on their knowledge of these things that they gather, right? And I think that today we could almost say that Christianity loves feasting on the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. You are evil. You are good. I have the knowledge. I will eat of that tree. They run to that tree. They gorge on that tree and they turn and use the wisdom of that tree from their diet on this fruit. I have knowledge of good and evil. And I can call you good and I can call you evil because I have that knowledge. But did you know that there is another fruit that comes from another tree that Christians are supposed to eat? It's not a fruit that provides knowing. It's a fruit that is uh, based in believing. Not knowing, believing. It's another form of fruit from another tree, from another garden scene. We might call it, for lack of a, of a title, the breadfruit of the faith. The breadfruit of the faith. 
Most of us are aware of the miracle of the loaves and fishes that John, that John 6 re- records. There was a mass gathering that was there to hear Jesus, and it grew late in the day. And Jesus said, you know, I can't send them away hungry. They could perish in the wayside. And so he had compassion on them, and he multiplied two small fishes and some loaves to feed thousands. The act so impressed the crowd that they sought to make him their king. They, they tried to take him and make them their king. They wanted a king who would give them bread and fish all day long. They didn't have to do anything but sit there, right? And we read in John 6.15, When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king. Remember, his kingdom's not of this world. This world operates on knowledge of good and evil. He departed again into the mountain alone. This response to Jesus continues in religions today. They want to make him an earthly king, an earthly king that dominates over material lives and tells them that you are evil and you are good. We know, right? protesting this and fighting against that and, and demanding that uh, Christian rights make right and, and, uh, and, and uh, uh, Christian might makes right and all of this stuff. When we read that the masses pursued him the following day, ostensibly for more physical bread from his hand, Jesus says to them at verse 26 of John 6, I say unto you, you seek me not because you saw the miracles, that idea, because the miracles show them that he was the Messiah, but because you did eat of the loaves and you were filled. And he adds, labor not for the meat that perishes, but for that meat, that food, which endures unto everlasting life, which the son of man shall give unto you for him has God the father sealed. In other words, the food you're working to get from me is perishable. You're following me because you want more perishable food. You're going to need to refill that food within hours. That's what your body is based on. It's vapid. It's temporal. Uh, Seek for food that endures unto eternal life. And he says he's going to give it to them. And after some dialogue between them and the Jews, he says at verse 31, the Jews say to him at verse 31, our fathers did eat manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which comes down from heaven, speaking of himself, and gives life unto the world. They said unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said to them, listen closely, I am the bread of life. He that comes to me shall never hunger, and he that believes on me shall never thirst. Then Jesus gives a discourse on the purpose of being sent by the Father. And then we read at verse 41, the Jews murmur because he said that he was the bread that came from heaven. It's a really good read. You should check it out. But at verse 47, Jesus says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me. 
not knows, he that believeth on me. You see, there's a difference. Not he that eats from the knowledge of good and evil and knows this is right, this is wrong, but he that believeth on me, the one who's going to hang from a different tree, a different tree, and provide bread of life to all. He says, I am that bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread, he's probably pointing to himself, that comes down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he will live forever. This is the Christian diet. Ready? Listen to this. And the bread that I will give is my flesh. Whoa which I will give for the life of this world. So remember that. He's standing there in a body and he says, the bread I'm going to give is my flesh. And then I give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore strove among themselves and said, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? They were going mad. Cannibalism was completely against the rules of Judaism. And he says, you know, my flesh will be the, the thing you eat. The bread of life. Now Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoso eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him at that last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eats my flesh and drinks my blood dwells in me and I in him. As the Father has sent me and I live by the Father, so he that eats me, even he shall live by me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead, but he that eateth of this bread, he shall live forever. Whoa. Those, I mean, talk about some uh, figurative language that can be taken literally. The Catholic Church makes transubstantiation one of their sacraments where the, the elements that they put before God are turned into the actual flesh and blood of Jesus because they take this stuff literally, right? It's all figurative. It's all spiritual, right? Because that's how we know him is spiritually. Now, I want you to notice something that he says at verse 51. It's an important clarification. Jesus says, I am the living bread which came from heaven. If any man eats of this bread, he shall live forever. The bread that I will give is my flesh, which I give for the life of the world. Did you catch that? The bread which he says he would give which if any man eats will live forever, was his flesh, which he said he would give for the life of the world. Now let me ask you something. When and where did he give his flesh for the life of the world? When was it offered? 
like we like a waiter will offer you a dish. When was his flesh offered for the life of the world as the bread of life? What flesh was it? Was it his baby flesh when he was born in the manger? Was it his teenage flesh? Was was it his adult ministry flesh that went when it was offered up? No. There was a specific place and time that this flesh was offered. His flesh was going to be and was offered on the cross. All right? Remember what Paul said about him and his flesh? Listen closely to what Paul said. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. So we have another tree come into place. We have the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And you can eat of that fruit and you can walk around saying, we know, we know, we know. You're wrong. You're right. You're wrong. You're right. We have the order. Let's protest the world. Or you can eat from the tree that, uh, from the one who hung on that tree who was cursed for our sake and his flesh was offered up and we walk by faith in him, not knowing we walk by faith. In him. That's a different diet. A very different diet than what men want. Everyone, as my friend Peter Hyatt said, and I got this concept from him. Thank you, Peter. Everyone wants to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Everyone wants to have an opinion of what they know and what they can prove. But to walk by the one who hung on a tree for us and to look to him and to eat of his flesh that was offered, and by faith walk your life, and say, hey, you know, I'm just walking by faith. That's a different diet. That's a diet that allows you to love as he loved. That's a diet that allows you to overcome self instead of knowing, you see. Romans 8, 3, Paul says, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. God made his flesh sin. His flesh became sin for us. His flesh embodied our sin. And then it was nailed to a tree. Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. That's when his flesh was offered. Second Corinthians 5.21 says, He hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That's how the righteousness of God comes. It doesn't come from eating the, the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. The righteousness of God does not come by knowing. It comes by faith in his son alone who hung on a tree. Very different diet, guys. Very different diet. When you eat of the, of the one who hung on the tree for your sin, he's in you and you are in him. And you rely on him. You know what that produces? Humility. It produces something that says... I don't know. You know, I just trust God, you know. Yeah, but what about this and this? Hey, man, that's, that, that's a product of the knowledge 
uh, the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. I, I don't know about that. I just trust in the one who hung on a tree for me and died for me. And I live by his spirit. And the fruit of that spirit is love. I, I don't go by the other tree. That, that diet is weighty. It makes me, it makes me consumed with myself. But when I eat of the fruit, the breadfruit that hung on that cross, and I look to him, and I walk as he walks, something changes from that diet, from the former diet. And what happens is I start to realize I am really not full of any kind of knowledge. I just hope for all things, believe in all things, trust in all things. I just love the Catholic who says, I think I need to do this. And I just, trusting in Jesus, I just say, I love you in him. And, and that Mormon who says, I got to go to the temple. I just love you. You want to go to that temple? You can. I just love you because that's what Jesus told me to do. And, and you get the atheist and you get the woman who's had an abortion, who's coming out of the clinic. You can eat of the knowledge of, of good and evil and you can attack her and say, you're evil and you're bad. I know this, Right. Or you can say, hey, I'm, I'm like Jesus. He's in me and I'm in him. And, and I eat of that tree. And man, I love you. And what's going on in your life? It's got to be tough. How can I help you? Right? You see the difference in the diet? So just like the animal sacrifices were offered up for sin in the Old Testament, Jesus offered himself up on that tree. Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree, being made sin for us, being made a curse for us. And we eat of that flesh spiritually. We drink of that blood spiritually by faith. And ingesting him and his offering into our minds and hearts, fortifying our souls with him and who he was so that we can become like him, like him who did not come to condemn the world, but came to save it. Paradoxically, this is the bread of life that Jesus told his disciples to eat because it would be through his flesh, which he said he would give life to the world through his flesh. Did you know that? Through his flesh, he reconciled the world to the Father. He brought life to it, reconciliation. Because through his flesh, the sins of the world were nailed to the cross and the world was forgiven, propitiated once and for all to God. The world. God is not angry with the world because of its sin. God is not full of wrath because of sin, because of Jesus, because of him taking and being a curse for the world. And in that flesh is the life of the world. And when and where exactly did he did it, do it? He did it when he hung on a tree. Listen to what Deuteronomy says. And if a man has committed a sin worthy of death, that's Deuteronomy, I can't remember the chapter, he will be put to death and thou hang him on a tree. So the Jews, they would put someone to death by stoning and they would hang their body on a tree. That's why Paul says, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. And Jesus hung on a wooden cross. A tree, right? His body shall not remain, though, it says, all night upon the tree, but thou shalt in any wise bury him for that day, for he that is hanged is accursed of God, that the lamb be not defiled. So this harkens all the way back. And Jesus, when he was crucified, they didn't leave his body up all night like they typically did. He died quickly. And they took his offering down of that flesh 
that died for the sin of the world. Therefore, we can look to the father of flesh, Adam, and live by his ways to eat of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. Or we can choose to be believers who humbly eat of the breadfruit offered by Christ unto eternal life, which comes by faith on what he did, not by knowledge of good and evil, by faith on him. So we can rock around telling people that we know this and we know that and this is what the word says and you better repent and you better change and you're bad and you're evil. Or we can walk around and say, I look to him. And we can bring his love into other people's lives. Folks, it's not about doctrine. It's never been about doctrine. It's not about being right. It's always about Jesus. Always. Final thing, it's interesting. After presenting this teaching in John 6 to his disciples, he had quite a following apparently. John writes, And from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. That's such a symbolic line. They didn't walk anymore with him when he said that. It was too much for them. What he demands requires a death to reason and self, to the world operates this way. I need to grip that. It demands looking to someone else and it requires a dedication and a willingness to actually eat his flesh and drink his blood, which was not what he was saying. But that's what he said to them and they just couldn't understand and they didn't want to pursue it because it was too much. He took them too far. Something to think about. Love you.